0: Hello and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor, Jamie Miller. Open your Bibles, if you would, to John chapter 1. John 1, verse 19. I want to read a few verses. I'm not going to read the whole section, but I just want to kick things off with John the Baptist, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. Lord, bless the reading of Your Word. Verse 19 down to about 23. Now this was John's testimony when the Jews of Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask Him who He was. He did not fail to confess, but confessed freely. I am not the Christ. They asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the desert. Make straight the way for the Lord. Amen. So the reason I wanted to start there is because all four Gospels... All four Gospels start with John the Baptist. Every Each Gospel starts with John the Baptist. And there's a reason why. John is the, the bridge to the story. He is the connection point to the story of God, to the story of Israel, to the introduction of Jesus. And you can't understand Jesus without understanding that He's a part of this story of God. He's a part of this story of Israel that we also find ourselves participating in as well. And so we're continuing this series called 2020 Vision. And the whole point of this thing is that we would learn to see clearly by looking to Jesus. That's that's the point of this series. We learn to see clearly by looking to Jesus because He is the light of the world. We can't see in our darkness apart from Jesus. So... Broken record, it's just going on and on and on and on. When you hear me talk, you can't see, you think you can, I think I can, but I can't see apart from Jesus. The only things I've ever really seen, the only things that ever really mattered was because I saw Jesus. So, He is the light of the world that shines in our darkness, He helps us see, He helps us live. The light, it's the and that's part of the gospel, the gospel of the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. That's the Gospel of Light. The second piece we talked about last week is He's the life of the world. And that we are spiritually dead apart from Him. And we have this incredible tendency toward dualism. To just kind of spiritualize things and not bring it down to earth. And Jesus is bringing heaven to earth. He's bringing those things together. And we'll talk more about that. But the promise then is life for death, and today it's Lord of the world, and it's a word word for us as a church for 2020. For 2020, Jesus is Lord. That's what we heard is the lordship of Jesus Christ. We need this word like never before in 2020 as we get ready to go through the election season and all of that. Just may your first allegiance be where Jesus Christ. I mean, come on. I mean, that's we are citizens of another realm. We are citizens of heaven. We are ambassadors from there to here. And that's what's coming here is the reign of Jesus Christ in fullness. And it's a, it's a truth claim. To say Jesus Christ is Lord is to say Caesar is not Lord. It's to say the President... You guys need me to fill in the blanks, don't you? ...is not the Lord. Jesus Christ is the Lord. And we're all... We're all living towards something right now. We're living in that or we're living toward that or we're not living toward that. And I, I was skimming through an old book by Andy Stanley called The Principle of the Path. And basically, it's a 150-page it's a book, but he just says the same thing over and over and over again, which is basically the path on which you find yourself will det- determine the destination upon which you reach. <laughs> Let me say that. try that again. The path you're on is where you're going to end up. I shared that with Hannah on Thursday afternoon. She goes, whoa, baby Yoda. <laughs> it's not complicated. You're going to end up where you're walking. And so that is profound. We think, well, yeah, duh. But then we look at our lives, and the point is following Jesus. The point is following Jesus, and that's the point for us in this series. There's something so radical and world-changing that happened in the life, ministry, death, resurrection, ascension, and the ultimate return of Jesus Christ. It's, it changed everything. Reality is changed for us because of Jesus. He is our truth, the way, and the life. And each week we're helped by a little different take on the gospel. And this week it's the gospel of the kingdom of God. Matthew 24, verse 14 says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all nations and then the end will come. And and specifically, when we say, I mean, for us, for 25 years, this has been a word for us about the gospel of the kingdom, that we would be a light and a beacon for the gospel of the kingdom. And a lot of times you come in here and you go, wow, what is this life that I'm experiencing here? It feels different. And part of it is because We've been wrestling through this, and in the American, even church culture, to preach the gospel of the kingdom is a different thing. It's to say, it's not just put your faith in Jesus, get your sins forgiven, and you're eject. You're out of here and you go to heaven one day. And I'm I'm not minimizing that, but that is such a truncated version of the gospel. When you think about Jesus Christ being the Lord, that you, you leave one kingdom and you come into the place where he reigns, out of darkness into life, out of death into life. It's just, it's mind blowing. That's, that's what we've walked into. It means that there is a king who reigns, and his kingdom is where he is reigning. And so, he, it's a call for us to enter in. And all the gospels say it in different ways. Mark has his own take. Matthew finishes up. All authority has been given to me. Mark starts off like that. And it it kind of, let me just read the verse before I say something about it. Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. When John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. Here it is. He's going to share the good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. That's it? (laughs) I mean, that's it? What kind of story is going on where that makes sense? And that's what we as modern 21st century Christians in America, in in a place where we've heard the gospel a certain way, how do we get that gospel, the gospel that Jesus announced about the reign of God, to make sense in our lives? So there's a story going on there. What is the story this where there's an expectation of a king and a kingdom. That's the story that's going on. And this gets to the heart of the problem for us today is that our foundational story doesn't include the king and the kingdom and God reigning. Our our foundational story is it's about us. We're sinners. And God created, but we fell. And then we skip straight through the story of Israel to Jesus comes to die for us. And we can be forgiven and go to heaven when we die and kind of be out of here. And I, I put these slides up from time to time. I'm going to just throw them up again to help us. God's story, though, includes a promise that comes to Abraham and to Israel and to Israel's rejection of God as king. And just at, that's frustrating, but that's a key part of the storyline in that, that God ultimately comes back. He's, he's prophesied about he's going to come back as the king who reigns one's going to proclaim make straight the path for the lord and john the baptist does that he actually prepares the way and when that one comes malachi says at the end of the old testament he's going to that that guy's going to come and he's going to say that and then god's going to come suddenly to the temple and jesus does jesus is israel's god in the flesh okay and we we got to hear that because it almost sounds we don't we don't think like that we just it's back there. It happened a long time ago. And this whole story is our story. Jew and Gentile together in Christ is our story. And we've hopped on a moving train. You know, it's like it's it's already moving and, and we're a part of all that's gone on before and we're pointing toward God, Jew and Gentile together, this beautiful people, the body of Christ, pointing toward what's coming in the future. New creation to make things right. We want to live those Expressive lives right now where we anticipate what's coming. And that's in competition with what is so often, hit the next slide, the American story. And you can say it in lots of different ways. And I've just kind of, I did that kind of materialistic version of it. But there's all kinds of competing stories in the American culture. And it's so easy for us to just kind of do the American story and maybe salt a little bit of Jesus on it along the way versus orienting life to the story of God to Jesus reigning in our lives and it's it's a it's a just a different way of us seeing ourselves as Americans as Christians as followers of Jesus where Jesus is king and lord and he reigns and so it's different hit it again so and I'm just putting this in contrast the gospel of my personal salvation and it's just it's just about me but that so fits our culture doesn't it An individualized, privatized, your very own personal salvation. You know, and that's the way we kind of sell it. But when we do that, it makes following Jesus, discipleship, life in the church, God's plan to redeem the whole world like add-ons. Like maybe an optional 601, 701 graduate class if you're really serious about following Jesus. (laughs) i got to remind myself, you're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. You're preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And we're not used to hearing it. Smile when I say it. So, what happens though, because of this, is that we misunderstand the story that we're a part of. And it'd be like, if the President of the United States came to us and said, I want to come to your house. I want to come visit you. But we misunderstood and said, and, and thought, he wants to invite us to his house. And so instead of getting ready for him coming to our house, we just think about going to visit him and his house, and we don't really take care of our own house. We don't clean up the kitchen or our room or the bedroom or get the house ready because we're, out of our house and we're going to see him in his house. But guess what? The kingdom's coming here. And he's going to reign. You know, he is reigning and he wants us to express that reign. Here's the main thing I'm saying this morning. We continually tell the story of Jesus the king and the Lord so that we can clearly express his reign in our lives, in our city, in our nation and in the nations. So we tell this story over and over again and we leak, man, we leaked Nehemiah, he lost the he was starting to lose the people after twenty six days. So about, about a month, and we gotta hear it again. We gotta be re-upped on vision just about every month, right? So what I'm trying to say, Jesus is Lord then, Jesus is Lord now. And I think there's some there's some radical parts of the then that if we would understand that, we would understand that it's still the same it's still the same word for us it's not just radical back then and now it's you know it's kind of easier so it's radical then it's radical now radical then jesus is being born the wise men come to visit him herod hears about this this is how radical it is herod hears he knows about the davidic promise for a king and so he kills all the babies under 2 the male babies just that's radical We don't think that way. To enter into that story, that's going to be some different kind of thinking for us. Pilate is interviewing Jesus right there before the crucifixion. In John 18, verse 33, Pilate says, Are you the king of the Jews? Isn't that that interesting that Rome is asking, Are you the king? Are you the king? And Jesus says, You're right in saying that I'm the king. But that's the purpose for which I came into the world. And then roll the story forward into John 19, and Pilate goes to the chief priests and he says, here is your king. Here is your king. And what do they say? We have no king but Caesar. Whew. The is the, the, the being repeated again, but that story is a story that God wants us to understand ourselves into There is a temptation for us to also say Jesus is not our king. We have no king but Caesar, America, whatever. And Jesus wants allegiance from our hearts and our thinking and our lives. He wants loyalty from us. Faithfulness from us. And you know what? There's grace. Golly, there's just... There's so much grace. He loves us so much and we just keep being immersed in the Father's love and in His grace for us and nobody can do this. I can't do this life. I told you a couple months ago, I was talking with a mentor and I was like, man, I'm just overwhelmed and he goes, (laughs) he cut me off. Mid-sentence, started chuckling, said, oh, Jamie, you weren't meant to carry it. (laughs) Give it to Jesus. There's grace. Everybody hear that? There's grace. Such good news. So all four Gospels they start with John the Baptist, and it's pointing to the story. We can't understand the story of Jesus apart from the narrative of Israel. And so what happens next is the baptism. The baptism of Jesus. So basically, Jesus is going to redo the story of Israel. The baptism's like Israel going through the water. You know, it's that story reenacting, reenacting the story of Israel. The, the promise of a king coming, Psalm 2, who's a son. Isaiah 42, the light of the world. Jesus is reenacting this. He goes after his baptism, what, is, what does he do? 40 days in the desert. 40. Wink, wink. You, you, get, you get how that fits in? Kim, Kim told me, don't, don't wink at people like that. But I just thought that was fine. I, I want you to get it. It's not complicated. You know, he's baptized. Then he goes 40 days. But he's faithful in the desert where Israel was not faithful comes into the land and he points 12 leaders over this, over this new reign, over this new kingdom, the 12 apostles. And you, know, you see the writers of the New Testament then taking this story and applying it back to Abraham, to the man of faith, back to Adam, that we're image bearers and that God wants us walking faithfully as image bearers on the earth under his reign. What he in originally intended for us to do in the first place was to be his regents, his ambassadors, to express his reign and his image on the earth. So then, the work of the gospels, then, when we see Jesus doing all of this stuff, it's not just filler until we get to the cross. It's not just him, oh, he's got this story. It's him reestablishing the image of God and his divine image bearers that can see, that can hear, that can actually walk around and not be lame. That, can, that He's anticipating the coming of the Spirit and casting out demons. He's making things right in and through us as his people. He goes and feeds people in the wilderness. Again, <laughs> not going to wait. He's feeding people in the wilderness. I am the bread of life that's come down from heaven. You know, it's he's reinterpreting, he's reenacting uh, Israel's deliverance and Israel's story. And then a the sermon on the mount, man. I mean, this is good news. Anybody who doesn't think they can do it, you're a perfect candidate for the kingdom of God. Wow. Blessed are the meek; that's right. they'll inherit the earth. Right. It's just, it's such good news. Such good news, and gets to the Passover, and he says, this is the way it was for 1,400 years, but what I'm about to do tomorrow is going to reinterpret the whole thing. And from now on, when you do this, remember me. Wow! That's mind-blowing. And then you get to the the cross and the resurrection, and, and you get to Acts. And in Acts, I just want you to see this, this is the message they were preaching. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is there, He's resurrected. Verse 3, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and he spoke to them about the kingdom of God. That's what he talked about. It's the reign of God on the earth. So they said, are you going to restore the kingdom at this time? Verse 6, he said to them, it's not for you to know the times or dates the Father set by his own authority, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, the context here is the kingdom message. It's not just that we witness to Jesus, He saved me from my sins. It's we witness to Jesus, He saved me from my sins, and He's the Lord of the world. He's the King of all kings. He's the Lord of all lords. That's who Jesus. That's the, the witness we bear to what He's done in our lives and His reign in our lives. That's how we bear witness That's what that means. And you you can just track this story all the way through Acts. I'm just hit a couple highlights here in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. The gospel goes to the Samaritans. And they believed Philip. When he preached the good news of the kingdom and the name of Jesus Christ, and they were baptized then, both men and women. Over in Acts chapter 17, in case you're wondering wondering, just I love this because it just makes it clear what they're doing. There's a riot in Thessalonica and Paul and Silas had come in, they're preaching Jesus Jason. And so they've got this riot going on. These men have, have caused trouble all over the world and they've come here now and Jason has welcomed them into his house. They are all defying Caesar's decrees and saying, there's another King one called Jesus. So I mean that's how they're describing what's going on hey these guys are saying there's another king besides caesar now just let that sink in because that's at the heart of how we are called to understand the gospel that we have a new sovereign we have a new lord and he trumps everything he's the just is there any treasure that's greater in your life than jesus that's That just cuts to the heart of it. Have you believed that Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure in all of life? I I think that helps in America because we drive past a church and therefore I must be a Christian. It's when did Jesus become the greatest treasure in all of life? That's the gospel of the kingdom. When did He start reigning in your life over all the other pursuits, over all the other things that you think are excellent, over all the other desires in life? He's number one. He's number one. He's number one. It's like leading a cheer or a chant or something. So, <clears throat> the Acts, how does Acts finish? The very last verse in the Acts of the Apostles, kind of an ongoing word here. Boldly, he's talking about Paul in Rome. Boldly and without hindrance, he preached the gospel. He preached the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. So, what is he preaching? The kingdom. And the Lord Jesus, that's what we're trying to do here today. And the letters to the churches, it's just more of the same. It's more of expressing how do you live this out in a way that expresses the reign of God on the earth. That's what the whole deal's about. And this here is not peripheral to what God's doing on the earth. It is central to what God's doing on planet earth. It's not like medicine, entertainment, Different areas of focus, the church. The church is dead center in what God's doing on the earth. And out of this place, we are called to touch the world. Check this out. He is head. Where's the focus of his reign? It's right here. He is head over all things for the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. It's Ephesians one, twenty-two and twenty-three. The focal point, I'm just the focal point of the reign of God is the church and we don't always see it that way. We're imperfectly trying to walk it out. It's, it starts and stops. It's I blew it. I did that. I thought that. I went there. I shouldn't. All the different things that we do in life that are part of being human. But by God's grace, He is doing something in and through us. That's why this, this message and proclaiming it this way, it's huge. And don't give up. Endure. Keep walking persevere it's the message of revelation right don't give up even though you live in a babylon kind of place don't give up keep going be faithful to jesus keep going maintain the word of your testimony trust in the blood of jesus christ to forgive all sins love not your souls unto death and you will overcome the enemy you will be overcomers But know this, He does reign. And He has all authority. And He has made us, Revelation 5.10, to be a kingdom of priests. A kingdom and priests to serve our God. And we will, He says, reign. Not just in heaven, but on earth. Heaven and earth together. Heaven expressed on earth by us together. So, Jesus is Lord. Then I'm just trying to share some of the stories so that we get. You you, you tell the story and you go, "Wow, okay, what? Okay, they were. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm reading the Revelation stuff this week and I get the news about this Nigerian pastor being martyred, whenever that was earlier in the week, for his faith. Just being, I'm, whether I live or die, I'm, I'm standing with Jesus. He's got me. So Jesus is Lord. Now it's radical. Then. And it's radical now. And and again, His grace is radical. So much more radical than we know. I mean, again, remember, all of us that are tempted toward legalism and and I I just get, man, this feels heavy. He came to you while you were in darkness. He came to you while you were an enemy and could do nothing to save yourself. That's like, what He did 2,000 years ago is awesome for humanity. And so there is a call for us not just to be saved because of what happened back then, but to keep on being saved right now. And then to keep on being saved. To keep being saved. To to get our thinking and our hearts and lives in line. This 2020 vision then is to see clearly. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the Lord of all. And this reign, what does it look like? It's not power over. It's coming under. It's the cross. It's self-giving, sacrificial, other-centered, agape, self-giving love. I mean, the focal point of understanding the image of God in Jesus Christ, the glory, is the cross. It's it's just this focal point of what God is really like in His innermost self. Self Self-giving love. The Father for the Son, the Son for the Father, the Spirit from all eternity. It's a reign that looks like the cross. And we have to be kind of converted again and again, even in the church and especially in the church. Can I get a witness? Just we need it. We need to hear this word about his reign and to come to Jesus and look to him like we don't already know all the answers. That we don't have it all figured out, that we're on a journey that we're learning, that we're growing, that we're humble, that we're teachable, that we're learners that's that's really that's the way to walk it out. It means walking uh, walking I can't see that it means waking up so it means it means waking up to the ways that we've been inoculated, anesthetized. Put to sleep, co-opted, hoodwinked, bamboozled, lied to, blinded by the God of this age, waking up, waking up and go, my imagination's been co-opted by the internet. My imagination, my thinking's been co-opted by TV or by commercials or whatever the deal is and going, wait a minute, I'm not just, I'm not just going down that road blindly. Like Neo... You've been down that road before. You've been down that road before. You don't want to go down that road. Sorry, I rarely do movie references. I'm sure I'll get some negative feedback. (laughs) But we've given in to other stories, other lights. And it means waking up, you guys. It means waking up to see where we're at on the world stage right now. And realizing that as the greatest superpower in the world, we're gonna be much more like Rome than we are ancient Hebrew slaves out in the desert. That makes sense? And and wait and wherever there's empire, you're gonna have the gods of mammon, the gods of Aphrodite, the gods of Mars. Money, sex, power, thrives in empire because it's on top it's It's not at the margin like the early Christians were it's in the center like Rome was, and what happened with Christianity about third or fourth century? Things kind of changed a little bit. I mean, just what if those gods were real, Mammon, Aphrodite, Mars what would it actually look like in the real world? Just think about that. It's not hard to imagine, is it? TV, Internet, nationalism, militarism, things that take priority over Jesus Christ. And so, 2020 vision then means seeing Jesus more clearly than ever before, and following him by grace in his love in every aspect of life. I wish I could do all this perfectly myself, but I cannot. And it's just part of the foolishness of the cross that a sinner stands up and proclaims to other sinners the gospel of the kingdom. And just here we are, you know, 20 whatever years later, that we just trying to walk together encourage each other, help each other, say you can do it, love each other. And so we preach to each other and our world with tenderness and kindness and love. I know it's quiet this morning, but it's with love. I mean, if we don't, if we can't do it with love, it doesn't matter. You know, it's just loud. I mean, and really, really, 2020, if you're going to say something, say it with love. Say it like you'd say it if you're going to do it on the internet, say it like you'd say it to their face. With love and tenderness and kindness. The way of Jesus. I mean, that's so powerful about Jesus. Like, he had hard things to say for people, but then for the sinners, man, it was just like love. Just said, I love you. You know, go and sin no more. Healing. And then what that means, then practically, is. And it's going to affect the way I do marriage and do my life with my wife. It's going to affect the way I do life with my kids and the way I live life on my job when Jesus really reigns. When it's not just a theory or I'm not just out of here, but He's wanting me to express like it matters every single day what we do and how we live and who we are and whose we are and how we think about things and just that our, our minds, our thinking, our hearts, our emotions, everything would get converted. More and more and more. Who needs their emotions saved this morning? (laughs) Who needs their thinking saved this morning? Who who needs to be converted in your heart in a fresh way that Jesus Christ is the Lord? I need that. And I, I need love to mark all my thinking and my judgments because I can't love people and judge them at the same time. And this Gospel of the Kingdom will be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. We're believing and we're following this Jesus who is the King and the Lord. And we're pointing to Him and we're bearing witness to Jesus. And we are saying that Jesus Christ is the Lord and He is the King and He is the greatest treasure in all of life. And I just invite everybody to let's just put a stake in the ground today and say again, This day, January 2020, I'm going to follow him. By grace. I've just been, I've been undone. I've tried, I've gone down that road, and I want to keep following Jesus. And we're we're either on it or we can readjust to it. You guys, this is for everybody, right? So stand up. Responding to God this morning. Lord, you're so good. We give you praise. And, you know, part of really treasuring Jesus is falling in love with him again. You know, just like the wanting to obey really comes out of I love him. It's love. I've been loved by him and I love him. And I want to walk with him. The life, who would just, I know there's so many, life with Jesus is the best life it's the best life i've i've done it messed up and in darkness and life of jesus is the best life so however we need to calibrate today whatever that alignment is whatever that that repenting is and if it's just saying you know a lot of times when i preach this the gospel of the kingdom like this the reign of god inevitably there's somebody that says you know i haven't really i haven't really turned things over to God, I haven't really said, Jesus, you are the King that's above all other allegiances in life, and that's really what it means to start following Him. So maybe you've taken some steps, but take some, take some more steps today. Put your faith in Him and trust in Him and align all of life to Jesus, who is the King and is the Lord, and that's going to affect our lives, our city, nation, and the nations. Lord, meet us today, wherever we're at. Lord, I know this this touches every, touches me and just let's give us grace now to take these next handful of minutes and just respond to you. Jesus' mighty name, amen. So wherever the Lord's speaking to you right now, come and get prayer. Just, hey, let's pray it in. Let's go for it. Let's respond to Jesus who is the King. Respond to the Gospel of the Kingdom. Whatever that looks like in your life, come and get prayer. Go for it. the front fills up you guys too. pray just where you're at just just pray let's press into the lord on this lord meet us make this the the year of seeing the most clearly ever in the name of jesus i'm praying but you guys go for it be bold the reign of jesus the reign of jesus